Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson. We are continuing our series on Ecclesiastes. Yes. Welcome back. Yes. And I hope you've been listening to the ones before this. Mm -hmm. If you haven't, jump in here, but you might want to go back and listen to some of the... Perhaps might want to do that. uh, ...prior ones. Yep. Um, We just finished going past the center, literarily. Yes. Of uh, Ecclesiastes and talking about that. So we'll review that just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just want to thank y'all for being here, for listening, and yes. for sharing our podcast. And um, we would love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Love it. You can go to our website at eatscripture.com mm-hmm. and shoot us a message there, or our emails are on there. And yep. feel free to email us directly. And we would just love that. Always love to hear from you. Yeah. So anything you like sharing. I, I wish, you know, we could be in a room together yeah, and that's all really be the discussing idea. this topic because I think this book is the one that, um, just like most of them, are great in a communal setting and mm-hmm. to really uh, lend themselves to great discussion. Yes. And so... We would love to hear from you. Anyway, yeah. all right, you ready to get started? I am. So I am. I am really, really enjoying this book. So let's get started because it just keeps being getting better and better here. Um, we, uh, you had already mentioned how we went over the center last time, which was five one through seven. Mm-hmm. For those who may not have been here with us last time, now just so you'll know, that's the most important literary piece or the most important piece to the ancient Jewish writer would be the middle. We're used to finding our most important climactic piece at the end, the piece that draws everything together, the piece where all your questions are answered. We find, we look for that at the end. They don't put it at the end. They put it in the middle and then they structure it so that you can find the middle by watching for matching pieces when right. you finally find you watch for matching pieces on either side and you work your way in and then you finally we had find, talked oh, about that like books on a bookshelf and then you have and if you were to have uh, books on the ends that are both red let's yeah. say and then you go in and you have green books in from each side then, you yes. go to green books in from each side again and yellow books in, yeah and then right in the middle you may have a black book yeah that just is really where all the everything else if you don't read that middle one none of the you other books will make sense what the, yeah. completely yeah but they mirror each other and so yeah. Um, yeah yeah not that you couldn't find some helpful stuff in the other books but you truly wouldn't get to the heart you'd never be able to get to right. the heart of what the author was trying just, to say unless you read that middle book you can read it and make sense of it yeah but I think um, reading it this way, it opens it up. Mm-hmm. It just makes you go, oh, yes, that, and now it all comes together. Yes, like and all of a sudden that makes sense. we don't read things that way mm-hmm. uh, in our Western culture very much. Mm-hmm. And so we're not used to that. But here in Ecclesiastes, I think it's especially uh, true. Yeah. Because I, I'm finding Ecclesiastes a little hard to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just because he keeps saying kind of the same things and I'm not sure exactly what he's saying some mm-hmm. of the time. Yep. But once we read this middle part, mm-hmm. 
and it's very different. Very different. And it's saying, and it's the only place where it does this. Mm-hmm. Then you can see, oh, if I understand that's in the middle, mm-hmm. then everything else makes sense because yes. of that. Yes. Um, so anyway, we've talked about that before with literary structure and it just is a great well, tool for understanding. So. It sure is. And it can stand to be reemphasized. Yes, we've talked about it before, but I know people don't get this on the first time. Um, yeah. but and we'll but, continue to point that out right. in other books as we go. We just are always going to be looking at that. Yeah. And like we said last time now, so chapter five, one through seven is our middle. Guys, if you read that middle again, you'll notice that it's the only place like this in the book, the only place where he just goes admonition after admonition after admonition. In other words, imperative, 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 command, command, command. That's what he's doing all the way through this section. He's saying, do this, do this, don't do this, um, all the way through five, one through seven. And there's no other place in the book like that. He doesn't address the reader like that. He talks about things he's seeing in the world. Right. He gives poems about the way life is. And questioning yes. things. Yes. Um, exactly. So he gets to five, one through seven. You're like, oh, wow. I mean, he's really laying it on the line here. Hey, here's how you act when you go to the house of God. You guard your right. steps. Guard your steps. Make your vows and then pay those vows. And and he's being very direct with his audience, unlike anything else. And the reason was for all of that is it found in five two. Five two is the big reason. Do not be rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for or because God is in heaven and you're on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. That's what five one through seven revolves around. That an acknowledgement that okay, He knows more than me. So I need to just shut up, let my words be few. So, like you've said, it's a lot. This sounds a lot like Job. Uh huh. Yeah. In that. Um, yes. You know, Job is undergoing such suffering and he doesn't understand why and his friends are trying to make up things that they think maybe why. And, yep. and they're yep. just all sitting around languishing in it. Angsty all the time. And God lets them. Yeah. He lets them go on about it. lets them go on. Uh-huh. And finally, he says, when hey, you- when you can understand how all this works. Yeah. Then, then we'll talk. Then I can download yeah, for you right. the answers that you're looking for. Right. But I'm God and yeah, you're not. That's right. And so you yeah. just have to rest in that. that. Which at the end is what Job says. Oh, I spoke too quickly. I talked about things I shouldn't be talking about. So please forgive me. I sit here in sackcloth and ashes. You know, I am, I am repentant of all of my calling you into question god that's what that's how job ends without answers just like ecclesiastes in large part ends without resting in the fact that god has the answer but god knows what he's doing and that's kind of the same thing here i just feel like definitely uh, that's the answer he's the writer here has a lot of questions that we have Uh about the meaning of all of this life that we're going through yep and how none of it seems to really make sense when you think about it mm-hmm. so hard to figure but right, out yes but right. right here in the middle yes he says but god is in heaven and you're on earth and so so hush act properly yes he knows what he's doing you don't that's okay he's not saying it's bad to question to, no to ask to talk to god is, 
when you don't have the answers, don't let that ruin your life. Exactly. That if that makes you give up, if that makes you shake your fist at God and say no more at you unless you can answer why things are so crazy like they are down here. No, this guy is led back to God and to say, "Oh, that's because he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. and I'm too small to know." Mm-hmm. And so I just by verse 7, 5 1 through 7, by verse 7. So what's what's our job? God must be feared. Right. So we fear, we revere, reverence God because he knows what he's doing. That's what it comes down to. Yes. So beautiful, beautiful way to put the center, mm-hmm. put an exclamation point at the center of this book. Now, when we read 4:8 or I'm sorry, 5:8 through 17, 5:8 through 17, not quite to the end of the chapter, we're going to find that it mirrors, sounds a whole lot like 4:1 through 16. Right. The whole chapter 4 where he's just making observations and saying and that was vanity or and that was an enigma and that was an enigma to me. Striving after the wind to me. Yes. Like exactly. hurting the wind. He's just like, well, don't understand why this works like this. Yes, so he's making more observations because by putting these on either side of the middle, it really makes that middle stand out. So, I think we'll start by reading 5:8 through I know we've covered a little bit last time 5:8 and 9, but let's read 5:8 through 17 and then we'll uh, dig into that. Okay. Ecclesiastes 5:8 through 17. If you see in a province the oppression of the poor and the violation of justice and righteousness, do not be amazed at the matter. For the high official is watched by a higher, and there are yet higher ones over them. But this is gain for a land in every way, a king committed to cultivated fields. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This also is vanity. When goods increase, they increase who eat them. And what advantage has their owner but to see them with his eyes? Sweet is the sleep of the laborer whether he eats little or much but the full stomach of the rich will not let him sleep There is a grievous evil that I have seen under the sun riches were kept by their owner to his hurt and those riches were lost in a bad venture and he is father of a son but he has nothing in his hand as he came from his mother's womb he shall go again naked as he came and shall take nothing for his toil that he may carry away in his hand This also is a grievous evil. Just as he came, so shall he go. And what gain is there to him who toils for the wind? Moreover, all his days he eats in darkness, in much vexation and sickness and anger. Okay. Now I don't know if everybody's hearing it, but there's a striking similarity to what we read in 4:1 through 16. Yes. And I think yeah. we may have talked about this some already, but We'll just go over it again, real quick. Yeah, just very yeah. quickly. Even the pieces that it's made of, so above. So in five, eight, and nine, we have a big emphasis on the oppression, the oppression, and then the ones who are doing the oppression and how they seem to have, you know, they've got power because right. they're higher. But then the author makes this point about, but don't worry, there's higher over them and higher than higher over them, and everybody's got to answer to somebody. Right. 
almost implying what you said to me before. There seems to be an implied right. thought in there that, and ultimately, yes. there's God who everyone must answer right. to. And He is the one who's cultivating the field. He's the one who. He's knows. more committed to a field <laughs> than anybody right. ever could be. I mean, he I knows mean, what's. Yeah, and I'm going to take this just a tiny bit further. I'm mm-hmm. going to make a little stretch here. Um, but when we read in Matthew 13, the parables mm-hmm. and the parable of the sower mm-hmm. and God slash Jesus mm-hmm. is the farmer, ultimate farmer, ultimate who sower. is the one planting the seeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. he, he knows what mm-hmm. he's doing. Yes. Yes. So I just, and he's more committed to that. Field, yes. The field. Yes. than anybody ever could be. So, And he's the ultimate king. Yes. So we see a lot of imagery. I've just picked that out because I've been there recently. Yeah. But we see the imagery of fields mm-hmm. and farming and... Um, and how it relates to the kingdom. Yes. All through the Bible. Yes. So here, I think that is what he wants us to pick up on. Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, whether he knows, I know you mean this, whether he knows... What he's saying exactly about the writer, the kingdom, yes. the writer, but like God, you mean yes. picking up on? Yes, absolutely. We're picking up on it because God ultimately wants us to see this as a whole. Oh, the king over the field, the true king over the field. There's only one true king who's committed to cultivating his fields right. more than anybody else, and that's Jesus. And so when we see it not working out the way we think it should, right? God knows. We trust that He knows what He's doing, and He will ultimately take care of all of that yeah it's not our job to worry about it in other words yes exactly i think this author this human author maybe the way he's if we wanted to put ourselves in his shoes and go well what did he know when he wrote it maybe he wrote he meant something like as best i can understand this he meant something like okay uh everybody has a higher authority over them that they must answer to so don't spend too much time worrying about the oppression that you see everybody's got to answer it do the right thing of course you want but... to yes because everybody will answer ultimately right. um, but what's best for a whole land when there is a whole kingdom what's best for it is if a king is committed to even the lowest laborers of the land the people out in the fields who are doing mm-hmm. the cultivating and so forth so when you have a king committed to cultivated fields that's the best thing right that's the best way to keep the oppression at bay right. um, because he's he's into um wants to know how everybody in his kingdom is doing so i think the way i see this is when you see these things which we do every day mm-hmm. yep. oppression of the poor and the violation of the justice yep. of justice and righteousness um and it says do not be amazed it doesn't say don't be upset right it says don't be amazed yep. so don't be shocked that this is happening yeah but also know that there will ultimately be justice mm-hmm. because there is a king who is over all of this. There's a mm-hmm. farmer who is cultivating this field for his good and he will exact justice. Yes. At some point. Oh yeah. That's well put. That's I think that's where it's going. Next, if we go from to five ten through twelve, just ten through twelve, we have this talk 
that starts with, you know, he's working so hard, somebody who works so hard to get this money and he loves wealth um, and loves income. But this also is an enigma to this man because when goods increase, so do those who eat them. Right. What advantage has to the owner uh, but to see them with his eyes? He gets to see right. that that how much he has for a little bit but really it goes you know it goes quickly also because the more you have the more people you need to make sure that everything right. stays in order and everything right. the more you have the more people you need to support to mm-hmm. take care of all the things you have yep absolutely it's just yeah so so he winds up with verse 12 sweet is the sleep of a laborer whether he eats little or much even if he eats not too much i mean not very much it's still good sleep because the full stomach of the rich will not let him sleep i mean because he get you know you get full and you're you know you think you're going to be happy because you got more than enough but then you wind up just angsting over how much you have and whether or not you can keep it in order and how you're going to do it i think i've seen this in real life Yep. That people who have the the least maybe important jobs, the mm-hmm. ones with, seem to be happier in some ways because yeah. they can go to work and do their work and go home and let it go and yeah. let it go. But the people who are in charge, the people who have more, mm-hmm. are usually miserable. Yeah. Because they don't get to go home and just rest. Yeah. After a day of work, they have all the worry. That comes with it. Yes. And I learned that really early in a job I had because all the bosses were all drinking all the time <laughs> because they were just, I think they, they were never, so stressed yeah, couldn't let it go. about everything. They couldn't let it go. But I went home at night and didn't think about it. Yeah. I got to go do my fun things and got my paycheck. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked hard during the day, but I went home and so I think that is the way life really goes. Yeah, I think it is. I think he's nailed it. This is very much what life is like. Um, and so, but it's an enigma to him. It's still like this. So, like, isn't that weird? It doesn't like, seem that like it should that be that, that way. way? Right. right. How could it? It doesn't seem like it should, but it does. Now he includes another observation. And this again mirrors what we've had in chapter four already. Verse 13 through 17 this grievous evil that he's seen under the sun, this distressing thing. Um, And, and their riches were kept by their, uh, by an owner to his hurt. In other words, this guy gets rich. He gets a lot of money, but then he gets involved in a bad venture and the money's gone. Now the money's gone. He does have a son. He has somebody to give it to. This is mirroring the part in chapter four where the person didn't have anybody to enjoy it with. So right. there's that person that's vanity. He amasses a lot and he doesn't have somebody to enjoy with. That's vanity. What the what that's an enigma. Why would a person do that? But people are prone to do that. And then verse 13 and following here in chapter five, okay, this guy had somebody to give it to, but now he's spent all his time amassing it and then he lost it all. And now he has nothing to give to his son, nothing to put in his hand. And this is distressing. This is verse 16. This is this grievous evil, this distressing thing. And uh, the, so what, why did he, did it seem so crazy that we would spend all our time doing this and then wind up like this? And you can so lose it all in a minute. Ways, yeah. This way, yeah, you can lose it all in a minute. Maybe not so even because of... So if you put all your hope in that, yep. then it does seem like oh, that was useless. Yeah. All my exactly. work for nothing. All my work for nothing. And it could have been a good man doing good work. Right. That's the point. This doesn't this isn't judging him like mm-hmm. like the bad venture was his fault for getting into. 
That's not what it seems to say in verse 14. It just happened. Right. It just happened. That, this is why the... Because it does just happen, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. To good and bad. And that's why the author finds it enigmatic. If it was a bad guy, the author would right. be much more, I think, content with it. Like, right. yep, that's what happens. Bad a people, bad, yep. bad things happen to bad people. Right. But the thing that leaves him perplexed is that it happens to everybody. It seems right. to happen to good, to bad, doesn't matter. So, so again, all these, these three things, verse 8 and 9, verse 10 through 12, verse 13 through 17, these are three different, mirroring to verse 14, to chapter 4, mirroring to chapter 4 ways uh, that the observations that he's making as he looks around the world and just goes, wow, this place is so hard to understand. Uh, nothing uh, is making, uh, nothing is making sense. To that's me. right. Nothing seems to make good sense. Why does it all work this way? So he has that. He's still fine. What we find is that chapter five, one through seven, didn't didn't make it so that he didn't wonder about the world anymore. Right. He still has his enigmatic mm-hmm. things that he's looking at. I don't understand. But chapter five, but one through he's... seven, gives him the. Now, hopefully, I mean, what we, I think what he's trying to get us to is that even though we still do have all these questions Mm -hmm. and we do see the uh, inequity or Mm -hmm. injustice in the way the world works, Mm -hmm. but we're filtering it through 5137. Yes. That God knows. Yes. His ways are higher than ours. Yes. I need to revere him. Right. Fear him, revere him. That's so I'm not going to become bitter about these things I don't understand. Yep. I'm going to let it, let God have it. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly where we're going. Yes. And then let's put a little cap on that, if you would, by reading 518 through 20 for us. Now, okay. it, it goes with the rest of 6-2, but this, this is what we keep hearing throughout this book, this particular piece right here where he's talking about. So here's what I think. God really wants us to get from this. Yes. Um, this is the important stuff. So, verse 18 to the end of the chapter. Okay. Verses 18 through 20. Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoy enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun the few days of his life that God has given him, for this is his lot. Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil, this is the gift of God. For he will not much remember the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. And there it is. He repeats again this thing that he's been repeating from the start which is about what he has found to be one of the keys to getting through life with some enjoyment and some peace Mm -hmm. is to learn to enjoy my eating my drinking and my and those that i can be with and enjoy today whatever situation i'm in whatever my toil happens to be today if i can find a way to find some get you know to get some enjoyment out of it I mean, that's where peace comes. 
but it can't be found and peace can't be found in tomorrow or 10 years from now or 20 years from now that retirement that you're working toward one day I'll be able to enjoy life I can't for a while because I just gotta work like a dog and a slave and mess up my life and my family and my marriage and my kids but one day I'm really gonna enjoy life I can just barely keep things together till then you got no promises man there's nothing says you won't die the day before you retire and you know we've all heard stories frankly of people who retire and you think they got a great retirement ahead of them and then they die within the first month after retirement and you're like wow that was kind of anticlimactic at best or by then by then Um, their kids have turned their backs on them or their marriages are are falling apart or or, you know whatever those relationships aren't there so you thought you were going to be able to enjoy them in your retirement years but you can't but turns out you can't because you spent all that all the striving has ruined all of that because you kept looking at something besides today right and the enjoyment that you could have and i think again we've said this before but it's so this message i'm sure is relevant for all time Mm -hmm. but i see it so much today because we are so bad at being present Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're so looking at our phones and yeah. reading the news and getting angry about this and, right. you know, yeah. involved in every, we've got so much information coming at us and we're so involved in every piece of that mm-hmm. that we miss the people sitting around the table with mm-hmm. us. And yeah. so, um, I think this is such oh, wisdom. Such here. great wisdom. To Such be present wisdom. today yep. and enjoy the gifts that God has given you today. Whether you're poor or rich, yeah. or you have a job you love, try to enjoy what you do have yeah. today. Oh yeah. Um because it's it's his gift. It's, it's actually gift a gift to us. Yeah. And the that that's really the changed. Segue, I've been really trying to be really aware. Of that every day. Yeah. Since we've been doing this, it's just, um, it's easy to just have a list of things I've got to get done today and blah, 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 and do them and get to the end of the day and you're so tired and you go to sleep and you haven't enjoyed one moment. Yeah. Of the gifts that he's given you today. Yeah. Yeah. So. Man, great, great way to say that. I hope everybody hears what you're saying. That is it's not the easiest lesson to learn and of course maybe we you and i've been around a little while now in this <laughs> life and we're starting to learn yeah, a few minutes. that this is a supremely important thing right. to learn to enjoy today i wish i had learned this lesson earlier um, yeah it's easy to wish for oh boy we're gonna have a good time in 10 years from now or even five years from now or mm-hmm. even two months from now but there should still be something today that I can enjoy. It's not saying don't have dreams and ideas and thoughts no. that maybe may come to fruition right. that you look forward but don't to. don't pin all of your but hopes. You, and that's right. If you pinned your hopes on that, all of your desires are found in that thing. You're probably going to be disappointed. Probably going to be supremely If we could learn to enjoy our marriages in the day, mm-hmm. right now, that I enjoy you today, not how it's going to be in a few years or, you know, after we get this done, then we can enjoy each other or whatever. There'd be 
much fewer mm-hmm. divorces. Yes. Um, because we just put that off. We take it for granted. I take it for granted that you're here, mm-hmm. that we have this relationship um, for God. Mm-hmm. And then you lose it yeah. because you've taken it for granted. Yeah. Uh, and the same thing with parenting and with friendships and especially with our relationship with God. Uh, I know I grew up hearing someone say there will be time there's a time in your life that you'll have more time for God mm-hmm. after you're retired. Yeah. But now you've got to work. Yeah. Really hard. And I want to say that is not true. Right. Um every day. Every day. If you don't have enough time for God, doing something wrong you're doing so wrong and I'm saying that to myself yeah um, Yeah. it's not for just retirement what if I never mm-hmm. make it to there right what if you don't make it there <laughs> what if you don't and, which is this and if I do point. if I have neglected that the whole time mm-hmm. then the riches that are going to come when you're older from a life spent yes. enjoying Coming him every day yeah won't be there it's anemic they won't be there yeah it'll be an anemic ending to your life okay. so right. anyway sorry I got to preaching oh that was good though babe <laughs> that was good you were saying what this author is saying man I want us to hear that so important this is what he's finding out is true wisdom okay so when we were just reading that just to make a couple of very easy connections for y'all verse 18 through 20 here in chapter 5 is actually mirror, mirroring three if anything, 3, 9 through 13. And the way you know that is because the word fitting is used in 518 in the ESV. It uses fitting. Mm. That is actually the same word as beautiful in 311 in Hebrew. Oh, wow. In 311 okay. is fitting. That's the only two times it's used in this whole book, or these two times. And it's the only two times in five uh in at the very end of 519 it says this is the gift of god telling you what it is to enjoy every day that's Mm -hmm. god's gift to learn to enjoy every day that's a mirror to 313 at the very end where it says this is god's gift to man that's the only two places in the book where he uses the word gift and it's all about this. It's this same thing. He's saying the same thing. It's about learning to enjoy today, eat, drink, the enjoyment of today, enjoying your toil, something you can find and enjoy. This is, the, the, these two things are made to mirror one another. And so they're giving us, he's given us clues how to find the middle because we keep finding mirrors on either side until we get to that five, one through seven, which doesn't have a mirror anywhere else. But same things being said in both. This idea that oh, I should learn to really accept that there are proper times for even what I'm going through today, whatever it is, whether it's mourning or, or you know, weeping or mourning or casting away or tearing down, that there are proper times. There's something about this that's right right now that needs right. to happen right now. I need to accept that from God and then also enjoy the good times. Mm-hmm. Find something to accept about the bad times, even maybe to enjoy a little bit about the bad times, mm-hmm. what I call bad. Um, but yeah, that everything is like that. And so this view, be- but this beautiful piece, this is, this is the wisdom we're taking away from this and that he wants us to have. I love that. Well, 
This okay. is great. So uh, we'll start with 6-1. We, we will start time. with 6-1. Yes. I'm not we'll sure that we didn't one. say that last time, but whatever. If we've repeated some things, then I, I guess it needed did. to be repeated. And yeah, I don't think we said that okay. last time. Maybe it was just that we talked about it. Well, I think that's all and it was. I'm feeling yeah. like we've said this before. So. Yeah. 6 okay. 1 is where we'll be next time, and we will um, go on with this end of the center, if you will. Um, as we move toward that so let's uh, take a look at that together next time we'll enjoy that and see that he keeps saying similar stuff but a little with with tweaks and stuff but this will be very good um, we're really getting we're really making headway here so great to have you along so glad that you're listening thank you um, pass it along to anyone you might think would get something out of it share it on social media whatever you like and then we will look forward to talking to you again in a few days God bless everybody.